chapter 6 tonight, it's a great, great, uh, great passage of scripture, of course, and uh, good material I believe we have tonight here. I wish more people were here to hear this because I think it's to be very helpful, and it may sound braggadocious, but I, I say that very with humility. It's just a wonderful text of scripture that we need to know about. And let's read verses 1 to 10 responsively. Let me read verse 1, and you read the succeeding even-numbered verses to verse number 10, all right? So that's Galatians chapter 6. Verses 1 through 10, right out of the gate, let's read responsively. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Let me slow down here a little bit here. Verse number seven together. Ready? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap also shall reap of his flesh, let me try that again, shall of his flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. In verses 9 and 10, read them with me, please, together. Ready? And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them which are of the household of faith. We've looked at, uh, in way of review, it's been five weeks since we've even had a lesson on Galatians here. We're gonna, I'm determined we're going to finish this up by before the year is out here tonight, so, uh, or before the year 2000 is out, I should say. We've looked at chapter one, we've talked about being born free. Chapter two, freedom's fight. Chapter three, bewitched. Chapter four was sons of liberty. In chapter five, we had five lessons on ch- chapter five. We looked at liberty, not bondage. But we're, tonight, we want to look at verse number one in particular and the rest of the verses in time here. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in any fault, ye, which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Our title message tonight is Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Life, not liberty in the pursuit of happiness, but life, love in the pursuit of happiness. The Christian life should be a life of love. But real Christians, in the way of introduction, like real patriots, if I can use a similarity, we've been following this theme throughout this book of Galatians, this theme of liberty versus uh, licentiousness or legalism. Real Christians, like real patriots, are willing to give their lives, if necessary, for the cause of liberty or the cause of Christianity. And Jesus said, you should know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Uh, I've never been, anybody been to Nathan Hale's homestead? Anybody been here? I've been meaning to get there. I haven't got there in 35 years. I'm meaning to get there. But, you know, he lives over there in eastern Connecticut or lived over there. And, of course, he was hung in New York City, what we know of today. And, uh, of course, he was that young 22-year-old school teacher that said uh, he was a patriot, of course, and he was a spy for the, Continental Army, you know the story, and he said, I only regret that I have but one life to live for my country. And we have but one life to live for our Lord, one life to give to, to others. Uh, only one life will soon be passed, only one's done for Christ will last. 
And then, of course, in making the apparent comparison between patriotism and American patriotism and Christianity, which is far more uh, a great cause, a battle cause, the Bible says that uh, in the Constitution, or rather the Declaration of Independence, that, uh, that we are to get, we're life, that all men are created equal, that they're down with their created with certain inalienable rights among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, we want to use that logic in, as we look at these spiritual verses in Galatians chapter 6 to life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. God loves us and he wants us to love one another, of course. And real Christians are willing to sacrifice personal profit and protection, even their reputation of, in some cases of self in order to secure liberty for an erring brother. In contrast, the legalist is only out to make themselves look uh, uh, look good at the expense of destroying others. And so the message is just a twofold outline tonight here. Notice number one here in regards to this question. A true spirit-filled Christian strives to accomplish two things. Number one on the worksheet, verses one to five of our text now, to bear burdens. The Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens. We're to be burden bearers. And I want you to begin in verse number not one again now. Notice the very first word, brethren. If we're going to be bearing, bearing others' burdens, we've got to understand, first of all, we were part of the brotherhood. We're part of the brethren. So the fill-in-the-blank word is brethren. And uh, Galatians 5 and verse number 15. Can we have a fresh voice? Somebody read verse 5 and verse 15. Chapter 5, verse 15, please. Nice and loud. Go ahead. You know, we are, uh, we are brethren. We're all in this together. Galatians, or rather 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, when one suffers, how many of us suffer? All of us suffer. When one is uh, uh, blessed, we're all blessed. Every time we have a casualty at the house of God, every time we have a casualty in the family, it hurts everyone. It's a, it's a hurt to, to all. And so we are brethren. We're in this together. We need to be tight. We need to work together and love one another. It's easier just to get selfish and just uh, every man for himself. And God's called us to be brethren. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And so in regards to this burden bearing that God's called us to, he's called us to it because first of all, we're brethren. We're brethren together. But let her be we are to bear burdens, not bring or add them. We don't want to be a liability. We don't want to be a casualty. We don't want to suffer the brethren. So there's a, there's a law of sowing and reaping, this law of bearing our own burdens as we get to verse 4, as you see. You know, play the man, be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Help yourself and help others. But uh, we need to bear other burdens. Uh, no man really becomes a man until you're able to take care of, first of all, yourself and then at least one other person. Uh, God ordained that in marriage, in marriage vows. A man takes care of his own, he's got to take care of his own being. And I have to be careful when I say this here, but some, some men never get to the point where they're able to take care of uh, somebody else besides themselves. And there's, there's extenuating circumstances, I know that, I understand that. There's health issues and so forth and disabilities and so forth like that, I understand, but... 
But uh, God calls us to bear our own burdens and help bear somebody else's burdens as well. And so uh, we're not to bring, uh, uh, not bring or add burdens. We're not to bring burdens onto others. Uh, and again, I have to be careful here tonight, but I can be, I can be careful. Most everybody I talked to today is not here. <laughs> I talked to a number of people today, a number of people. And not all that, I've got to be very careful here because some of you know, say, well, Pastor, you talked to me or you talked to this person. I talked to, I don't know, maybe 20 people today, whatever it was. And several people I talked to today have a lot of burdens. And they, they call the church because they're, they're, they didn't call to, uh, to alleviate any situations. They, ca- they called because they have a burden and they, they called the right place, hopefully. They called a pastor and they called a church that cares. Uh, Francine called, for example. And uh, I know Francine, uh, well, I'm just going to say it here. I know Francine, she's, she's, she's special, isn't she? I, mean, I guess we can say it that way. And, uh, but Francine's got some real needs. She, we're, really, we're her only family that she really has. And uh, she's got some legitimate health needs. She's at the doctor's today. Uh, uh, Anne knows about that, I believe. And so thank you, Anne, for all that you do for, for Francine. But we need to bear one another's burdens. And so and not... not now, uh, in Francine's case, even this right now, she's uh, a burden giver, shall we say. She's, she needs help. But this is what this passage is all about. This passage is about helping one another. And so let's not shun our duties. Uh, letter C, the spirit-filled Christian, hereafter we use SFC for the spirit-filled Christian, seeks to restore Look at the text once again. Let's dissect verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, what are we supposed to do? Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. And so God's called us in the, into the mending business or the reconciliation business. Ministry is messy business. Um, you know, I've said this many times over the years, but our, Harvest Baptist Church implies harvest, implies labor, implies work. The uh, Lord said, pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, so he sent forth laborers into his harvest. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. I have to be careful again here, and I don't, I'm not, not uh, trying to, but uh, many Christians are looking for an entertainment-type church now that, that they can come and be soothed and entertained. God calls us to serve. God, these verses call us to serve, and it, service takes work. Well, harvest implies work and labor and intensive and so forth. And this verse, this verse implies work. The restoration is hard work. Anybody can destroy. Anybody can live for themselves, but it takes work to, to, uh, to, uh, to mend and to heal. I've said it this way before many times. Ministry is messy business. So letter C, the spirit-filled Christian seeks to restore their brother or mend their brother, not exploit them. Not exploit them. Now, Proverbs 17, 9, for the sake of time, we won't turn there. The Bible says, he that covereth the transgression seeketh love. The legalist, as we're going to find out, exploits their brother or sister in Christ. They, Job, or rather, David could have exploited Saul after he died. That dirty dog, he was out to kill me so many different times, and now he finally got what he deserved. No, no, Saul, David didn't think that way of Saul. David said, as a matter of fact, he said, tell it not in Gath. He said, he, he said Saul was lovely in his day. He only spoke of good things about Saul. He was saddened that Saul had his demise and Jonathan had his demise. 
So there's a difference between, and you ask yourself tonight here, and I, I like to think I'm talking to virtually everybody here tonight as a spirit-filled Christian who wants to be, not a legalist, uh, self-righteous Christian. But a spirit-filled Christian, we're going to contrast the difference between a spirit-filled Christian and a legalistic Christian. It's one that seeks to restore and not exploit his, his or her brother. Then, letter D, the spirit-filled Christian gives the benefit of the doubt. Whatever happened to the phrase, remember, innocent until proven guilty? You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you're not sure, in fact, fill in the blank if you would, please. The legalist does not need facts to condemn. Only suspicion and rumor. Well, I believe, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, people say that all the time. And, you know, people look for the, the dirtiest of people. Well, the, he did or she did this or that or whatever. I'm sure this really happened. And, and they, they want to exploit it. They make it worse than it is and far worse than it is. That's not what we see. That's not the language that we see in Galatians chapter 6. Brethren, if a man be overtaken. Now, that word overtaken, by the way, has the idea of tripped up or fall into. Have you ever been overtaken? Everyone in this room has been overtaken at times, and we've all fallen, have we not? For a just man falls seven times and rises up again. And uh, when you fall, and uh, Job had a scuff. You know, of course, God, God allowed Job to lose everything, of course, and his friends, you know, what, what friends? We have friends like Job. Who needs friends, right? And uh, his own wife said, curse God and die. They, well, you must have sinned, Job. That's why all those terrible things have happened to you. Job didn't sin. God was just testing him. And the fact of the matter is, God, sometimes we see somebody overtaken in a fault or in a, in, in a problem in their life and whatever, and we think that they, they messed up. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they, maybe they accidentally tripped up. Maybe they, they fell into. They, they, got, they, they got duped by the snare of the devil. But we need to give the brethren the benefit of the doubt. Then letter D the legalist, oh, I guess I give it to you already, does not need facts to condemn, only suspicion and rumor. And the Bible speaks much in Proverbs about gossips and spreading wood or spreading uh, uh, gossip and so forth and uh, destroying our brother, brother. The Bible says a whisperer separates chief friends. My wife knows this to be the truth here, and I don't want to sound like Mr. Super Pastor because I'm really not. But I've learned many, you know, I know a lot of secrets about a lot of people. I know some secrets about some of you in this room. You might know some secrets about me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, let's do each a favor. I'll keep your secret, you keep my secret. <laughs> and uh, and that'd be good. Aren't you glad when, you know, you got somebody that, uh, that uh, wants to try to protect you? In fact, that leads me to the number, letter E. The legalist seeks to destroy in John chapter 8, we need not turn there. Most of you know it's the story of the woman taking an adultery. And the, the Pharisees brought her to Jesus. They threw her down in the dirt. You know the rest of the story. It says, this woman was taken in adultery. She was caught in adultery. In the very act, we have to ask the question, where was the guy? You know, where was the guy? So she's on the dirt there. And the Pharisees said, now Moses said in law, she should be stoned. But what do you say, you compromiser? See, the legalist is all about destroying. There's been times, it's been many years since we've exercised 
sort of so-called church discipline around here. Uh, but church discipline is meant to be church recovery, church restoration. It's not to be destruction, not to destroy somebody. It's not to hurt them. It's to help them. You know, uh, we chasten our child not because we want to hurt them or because we're mad at them, because we want to help them. We want to correct them. And there's, there's a church discipline, of course, and so forth. We don't want to hurt somebody. And I had, again, uh, I see overuse that term. I have to be careful here, but I've, I've, uh, I'm thinking of an example where uh, I was forced at a certain time to public sin requires many times public confession and hopefully then healing. And when everybody knows about something, it's got to be dealt with. If it's, dealt, if it's public sin, it needs to be dealt with publicly, uh, the confession. And so we did that many years ago. I'm referring, I'm elusive on purpose. And I thought we handled it as correctly and properly as we possibly could have handled it at the time. And we did it in love and so forth. But then the seed of bitterness crept back into this entity, this, this, this person. And they, they looked back on it and said, well, so-and-so, they didn't have to go through that. Well, every child whom he loveth, he correcteth, Right. If you're without correction, you're, uh, the Bible says you're a uh, pardon the slaying, but uh, it's in the Bible, you're a bastard. You're, not, you're a little dealing child. Thank God that somebody loves you enough to correct you. Somebody, and, and sometimes there needs to be correction, but legalist seeks to destroy. Back to the story in John chapter 8 of the woman taking adultery, this, this, the spirit-filled Christian seeks to restore. Jesus writes in the dirt. Remember the story? And one by one by one, they, he said, let him that's without sin, what? Cast the first stone. And one by one, his, from the oldest to the youngest, his accusers began to walk away. And then there was no man, and the woman, Jesus said to the woman, woman, where are thine accusers? And, and of course, there was none. And he says, neither do I condemn thee, what? Go and sin no more. He didn't make excuse for sin. See, verse, Galatians 6.1 is not saying that no transgression, no fall, no, 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 uh, Infraction didn't happen. It very well may have happened. If you see a man overtaken in a fall, he's stumbled, he's fallen. He which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, let's also be tempted. And so we, God's given us this ministry, uh, like Jesus, not like the Pharisees, to restore. Letter F, the spirit-filled Christian looks at his failings in the past. His failings in the past. The legalist looks at the, feeling, the failings of others. Uh, for the eighth time already tonight here. I have to be careful. I've had some pastor friends over the years, mostly of younger stripe, of a, uh, maybe of a very staunch upbringing, good upbringing. And uh, I've seen, in some cases, where they, they're not able to afford much grace to people because they're, they've always done everything pretty much right. And they haven't fallen and I have to, again, I don't, you know, I, I was talking to a pastor today, I leave my name, but I was talking to a pastor today that was raised by a pastor. He's a pastor's son, of course. And I wasn't raised by a pastor. I was raised by an unsaved man. Very unsaved man, if you know what I mean. I've used my father many times in illustrations. But I grew up in a, quote-unquote, real house. Not that a pastor's house isn't a real house, it is. But I think you know where I'm coming from. And so I, I've, I've seen a lot in my young childhood, and I've been guilty of some things as well. And so it's easy for me to have some 
more grace in certain other, other pastors. And I don't want to lift myself up on some type of pedestal. Sometimes I have too much, uh, I'm too, uh, too soft and too compromising when I should be harder in some cases. I know that. I understand that. But the spirit-filled Christian looks at his failings in his past first. The legalist, letter F, looks at the failings of others. Let's say the failings of others. What do you do? Look at the, your, your, your failings or the failings of others. Magnify those feelings. Letter G, I've got to begin to hurry along here. I'm... Nothing reveals the heart of a person. Nothing reveals the word, fill in the blank word is the word heart of a person than how they respond to the burdens or failures of others. The fill in the blank word is the word failures. Number one, the spirit-filled Christian responds with sorrow and meekness. Isn't that what verse 1 says? Considering thyself, or rather, restore such one in the spirit of meekness. That phrase, again, may be overused, but it's a great phrase still, but by the grace of God go I. Oh, I'll just preach tonight here for just a second. I haven't preached, I've been teaching. I hate drugs for the passion. Uh, if you really want to know on a carnal level what I like, what I think you need to do with drug dealers, I can't say from the pulpit. You guys would have loose respect for me. I ha- I I have I have no use for drugs whatsoever. I have no use for for liquor whatsoever, for that matter. I've seen too many lives get ruined by it. I think the producers of both. Uh, if I was in charge, uh, they'd have. Let's put it this way: there would be a very heavy penalty to be to. But I, I've never partaken in some of these things. But I have to be careful because, but by the grace of God, I know many good men and women that by the grace of God, I could have been them. And we have to walk in a spirit of meekness and sorrow and be, be saddened by what we see and not get to the point where we're so mad and so frustrated we just want to throw, throw them away. We have to be careful of that. The legalist responds with sarcasm and glee. I told you so. Ha, huh, look at that. I told you they were sinners. We had to break our hearts when we see, sin, we see Christians fall by the wayside. I'll break our hearts. When, when we lose, every time we lose a member uh, for a bad reason, not just moving away or maybe going home to glory or what have you or being called to another ministry, whatever, but for a bad reason, it breaks my heart. And I, I never... If you notice, I don't ever say anything blank publicly about it because why? It's a loss. It's just sad. And we try to always keep that door open if we can. But the legalist responds with sarcasm and glee. Well, I'm glad they're gone. They deserve to go. They're, they're, they're this or that other thing. No, they're, they're, if they're a child of God, we're, we're on the same team together again. And we, God's called us to this ministry of working towards reconciliation and doing right. Well, uh, verse number two I can tell right now we're going to get through this here tonight, but that's okay. We'll pick it up in a thing next week, maybe. Bear ye, well, let's read the verse together. Verse two, ready? Here we go, ready? Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. God calls us to be burden bearers. The spirit-filled Christian understands that the law of Christ is fulfilled in one word. What's that one word? Love. Look at chapter five, verse 13 and 14. Would somebody read those for two verses for us, please? For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, 
You know, when we considered all the law, the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible, but really all the law would encapsulate really the law and the writings and the prophets, the whole Old Testament. That's a lot of reading. It takes a long time to read the Old Testament. It can all be fulfilled in one word, love. You know, the last word of, by the way, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but the last word of the Old Testament, do you know what it is? The very last word of Malachi 4.6 without looking at it, what's the word? You should know this. Somebody tell me what the word is. I'm, I'm going to wait for you to find it. Somebody tell me what the last word of the Old Testament is. Say it. Just blurt it out. Just say it. Last word of the Old Testament. I'm waiting for you. Come on. You're going to be here all night long. Last word of the Old Testament. Somebody. Curse. The last word of the Old Testament is what? Curse. There. <laughs> The New Testament ends with grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Old Testament ends with curse. The, the uh, legalist response with sarcasm, or rather, uh, letter H, rather. The spirit-filled Christian understands that the law of Christ is fulfilled in one word, the word love. All the law is fulfilled in one word, love. Letter I. The legalist seeks or pretends to fulfill the law. Somebody read Galatians 3.10 for us, please. Okay, be that way. I'll read it. (laughs) For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse. For as written, curse is everyone that continues not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. And so uh, the legalist says, well, uh, they pretend to fulfill the law. No, you don't. You're a liar. And if whosoever shall keep the whole law, and in one point he's guilty of all. You know, you know better than that wicked sinner that, uh, that you're pointing your finger down at or that Christian that's messed up. So we see the legalist pretends to fulfill the law. Letter J, verse number 3, back to our text. We're going to verse 5 or so. Verse number 3. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth who? Himself. So letter J, the spiritual Christian knows he is nothing, apart from the grace of God. We've used it again, but by the grace of God go I. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a great guy like me. Oh, no, I got that wrong, didn't I? Saved a wretch like me. And so uh, we're nothing without the grace of God. I'm somebody, but I'm somebody in Christ. (laughs) You're somebody. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. In ourselves, I know that it's my flesh I can do no good thing. But with him, with the Spirit of God, there's power and there's, 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 um, there's ability to live the Christian life. Then letter K, the legalist will exploit his fallen brother in order to make himself look good. Remember the story of the, the Pharisee and the publican and they came into the temple? I need something even to be told about, but the Pharisee looked at somebody dirty in him and uh, thought he was somebody. And the Bible says that the publican is the one who went, he's the one that said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. He went away justified. But uh, verses four and five, but let every man, there's individual accountability here, folks. We've got to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Let every man prove his own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Verse number four says, verse number two says, bear ye one another's burdens. 
But verse number five says, every man shall bear his, bear his own burden. What do we learn from this? Well, first of all, the this, this spirit-filled Christian will be hardest on himself. Play the man. Ladies, I'm talking to you too. Play the woman. You know, do, do, don't, don't, don't be a slacker. The church needs you. Christianity needs you. I need you. Uh, we need each other. We're in this together. We're brethren. We're fighting together. Don't, don't let down, don't, don't drop your oar. Let's row together for the cause of Christ. This, this when somebody falls, this, uh, no man left behind. Let's help pick him up. Don't, don't get uh, negative or pharisaical or say, well, tough, I'm, I'm tired of doing this. No, uh, the legalist, fill in the blank letter uh, L there, the legalist is harder on others. So we see this, this uh, first part of this chapter here, two things that a spirit-filled Christian strives to do, accomplish. He tries to, tries to bear burdens, but verse 6 to 10, and I'm going to end here in just a moment here, but the Bible says we are to, the second thing we should try to do is to, to share blessings, to share blessings. And I, I think we're going to, let me just summarize here. Look at verse number Six, and we'll just uh, finish up here tonight. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. That word communicate is uh, the Greek word that's normally translated fellowship, or sometimes it's translated distribute, or it's the Greek word, I don't expect you to know it, but it's the Greek word koinonia. I used to be a member of Fellowship Baptist Church. They changed their name to koinonia Baptist Church, which I thought was a dumb move because nobody knows Greek is ever a handful of... Bible college students that had Greek. But the word koinonia, that's that word. When we have fellowship, see, we, we come together, we have fellowship one with another. It takes work. It took, all of you took work to get here tonight. It took sacrifice. It took, you know, get out on a cold Wednesday evening, coming to church, and you came to church hopefully for, to, to receive a blessing, but also to be a blessing, to communicate, to fellowship one with another, to distribute, to give of yourself, to, uh, to, have, uh, to have this fellowship, this communication. The communication needs on-the-job, on uh, on-site uh, uh, work and training. Uh, there's, I'm not picking on anybody in particular, but I'm, I'm sure there's a handful of people that could have been here tonight. A lot of that can't be here tonight. A lot of people are working. I don't expect our senior saints to be here tonight, especially those who can't drive at night and so forth, and I get it. But there's some, many, many people that could be here on a Wednesday night midweek prayer service all over America. And uh, they choose not to bear, distribute and communicate or be, be in fellowship with one another and be a blessing. We need to be a blessing one to another. And so the song says, and like to, I don't know where Eric went here. I don't know where he, he stuck off here. Or, or he said, well, I want to sing that song, Make Me a Blessing, Out of the Highways and Byways of Life. Many are weary and sad. So we'll sing that, that verse here in just a moment. Here, Let's have a word of prayer here tonight. We'll end in a couple minutes early. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to be a blessing one to another. Help us to be a blessing to the fallen. Help us, Lord, to lift up those that, are, that have been overtaken and in a fault. Lord, it takes work. It's, it's labor intensive. It's, it's on-the-job it's on, on uh, work. It's, it's, uh, it's, it calls... It, takes communicating one with another and to talking to one another and distributing one to another and fellowshipping with one another and helping one another. Lord, help us to be lifeguards and throw, throw out the lifeline and rescue the perishing, we pray. 
Lord, we pray for our brethren that are weak amongst us that, Lord, need to be lifted up and encouraged tonight. Lord, help us to be encouragers, we pray, because one day, Lord, we'll be in need of encouragement ourselves. We pray that somebody will be there to help lift us up in our time of need. But help us to be a blessing, we pray, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Make me a blessing. Do you know that song, Brother Eric? Uh,